0: Hey, everybody, it's Eric Torenberg, co-founder, partner of Village Global, a network-driven venture firm. And this is Venture Stories, a podcast covering topics relating to tech and business with world-leading experts. Hey, everybody, welcome to another episode of Village Global's Venture Stories. I'm here today joined by my co-host, Ian Cinnamon, and a very special returning guest, frequent returning guest, Jeff Morris. Jeff, welcome back to the podcast.
1: Thank you, I'm I'm honored to be invited back. I feel like every time I come on, I'm not sure when you're, you're gonna cut me from the show, but, uh, <laughs> but I made the cut once again, so here we yes. are. W-
0: w- welcome back. Uh, we've had the pleasure of doing uh, a number of deals with, with you, Jeff, including uh, Rome, uh, including Wonder, S- Spot. Um, most recently on this latest fund, you've decided to go all in on on Web3. Uh, trace that that evolution and and when you decided to to say hey it's time to go all in here.
1: Yeah, I think um going back to when I started Chapter One, I had done a lot of crypto through a scout fund with the Next Ventures in 2017 was was one of their crypto scouts and kind of had I raised fund one in 2019 and so it wasn't a time to raise a crypto fund um, as a first time GP and a lot of my early investments in dapper labs and the graph and compound finance had not um, broken out yet. And so I didn't have um, a track record to go raise fund one as the crypto fund and I was a solo GP. I really thought about the next 10 or 20 years of chapter one and where I thought consumer technology was going and where we could be hyper competitive. And there was um, there's this moment in time right now, it's like the great unshuffling of venture capital where um, if you're starting a new fund from scratch and you're doing it within crypto, um, you can really become um, a, a very competitive brand really quickly if you, if you commit. You, but you have to commit. Um, and if you hedge, then you should probably not be doing crypto at all. And so we thought about making that jump and I started to hire a team and everybody around me was was joining Chapter 1 because we were, we were we were committed to crypto. And we just found that we were being a lot more thoughtful with hiring. We could hire better people. Um, And we also kind of identified what we think was, I guess, like a mission and and vision for chapter one that uh, we thought was was important in crypto, which was to make crypto more user friendly, more accessible. So kind of the stars aligned and and we're ten people now. We've hired people who are um, coming from really top tier backgrounds. in both web two and web three and kind of we're all converging on this idea of trying to make build a fun that helps, helps build better products and that can be um, products, it could be, it could be communities, but it's really trying to make crypto more simple and, and user user friendly um, because crypto right now is a pretty small ecosystem um, outside of crypto Twitter and kind of the the areas we hang out in.
2: And To go deeper on you personally, Jeff, was there a single moment where you effectively took that red pill or you really felt like, I'm personally all in on crypto? Or I guess we could ask the other question, are you personally beyond just the fund all in on crypto as well? Are you a uh, true believer?
1: I am a true believer. I've I've really bet my entire career on crypto at this point. So yeah, when it happened for me was, so we were selling digital products at Tinder, um, all the card items that. Um, were digital assets that did have uh, scarcity because they were um, we priced them to, to be kind of like for, for 10% of our users to be able to purchase we we uh, like constructed our ecosystem at tinder in a way that that made those digital goods scarce and um, I bought my first crypt- crypto kitty in 2017 and I it was one of those moments in the office where I told people I bought a crypto kitty in, uh, and literally I got like laughed out of my pod in the office. Um, but then I met Roham and kind of dug into to digital ownership more. And it just felt like we were doing subscriptions at Tinder in addition to a la carte like, and it just felt like digital assets were the next evolution of subscriptions. And when you look at web one and web two, um kind of web two is dominated by obviously the ad model and then subscriptions. And then now we have web three, which I think is a better, it's just a better business model for for the community and also for um creators and so we've had i kind of think of of subscriptions in web 3 is just being like liquid subscriptions that accrue value over time and you can um like churning out of a community is actually potentially a very financially lucrative event where if you compare that to churning out of anything in web 2 like if you were to leave tinder you would just like leave and and, and you earn nothing from um all that work you put into to to being a member of Tinder. And so it's a very simplified view of what is happening. Um, But I think it kind of just felt like the next, the next great business model.
0: Talk about the differences between web two consumer and web three consumer. You know, we, we, we haven't had a ton of web three consumer breakouts yet. You, you of course worked, you know, led product at one of the biggest web two apps of of, of Tinder of, of, of all time. What are the things that you're excited about? Um, for Web3 consumer? And what are the things where you say, you know what, Web2 is just going to do that better if there are elements of it?
1: Yeah, I think um, Web3 consumers are really eager and um, motivated to do anything in crypto because crypto is just so freaking hard to interact with. And so there's a high level of intellectual curiosity, um, a willingness to experiment, and just like a belief that everything will Eventually, come together in a really cohesive way where um, the products will 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 be on par with Web two. I think where where I kind of see the biggest gap in crypto right now is is actually with mobile being just almost unavailable uh, if you're a crypto consumer. A lot of that's because of the app store and Play Store policies, but there's very little um, execution layer activity happening. Um, within crypto, it's kind of sad because we, I believe that um, mobile is 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 the best way to build amazing products and you just don't see a lot of, of crypto on your phone. Um, in terms of, of other areas, I think community-based products are the most interesting part of crypto where I think we thought of community in Web2 as being like this. It's like you join a community and maybe you kind of um, vibe with the people through like like mediated through the company. So you had a community manager who um, would kind of help facilitate some IRL communication or some like physical presence events where you could you could meet people. In crypto it's just become it's you know, communities have taken on a life of their own. I went to a um azuki party in LA and there was um, it was on Los Cienic at, at Nightingale, which is like the hottest nightclub in Los Angeles, and there was there were police police escorts there were uh lines down the road like you i've never seen that at anything in los angeles it, it felt like there there was probably like a justin bieber uh record release party going on inside and and just that that amount of enthusiasm for being a part of a digital community i think is um really really fascinating we've sat with lynx dow crosshouse is another one of my favorite dows um where they want to buy an mba team together and you kind of create this aspirational goal but that's not the point like it's more um uh joining a community of people who um really care about something uh, as like um early adopters in a way that doesn't exist in web 2 because because web 2 doesn't allow the same ownership and and community coordination that web 3 enables so yeah there's so many things i'm excited about but i would say the intersection of community and product, I think, is, is probably what what's most interesting to me. So to rewind for a second
2: on the first point you made on mobile, um, I, before we go deeper on the community and product, on the mobile side, if you look at kind of what's out there right now, you have like MetaMask, which has the mobile app and the built-in browser, and that's uh, subpar to say the least. Do you really feel like the biggest hurdle is kind of the Apples and the Googles of the world restricting it? And if that is the case, How do we go about changing it or we kind of dead an arrival until these large companies decide to give us permission to play on mobile
1: i think in some um for some use use cases yes for anything that involves creators or like the creator economy for web 3 hasn't happened on mobile yet and it hasn't happened for web 2 either it's just there's a standstill right now that hasn't been solved between apple and and google and and the rest of the community and so I think I think if you look at MetaMask or Rainbow or other mobile products, they are enabling like the ability to to, to swap assets or, you know, very simply like, like trade um, uh, that's available, I think, I, I, I think, though, beyond beyond kind of those simple transactional use cases, we just haven't seen a lot of a lot of mobile experimentation yet. And so in terms of how to change Apple and Google, the sad reality is I don't think there's a way to do that other than to create enough coordination amongst like the properties that matter most um, we're seeing that with with web2 match and other properties coming together to to push back against the app store fees when you looked at our PL at tinder it was just amazing we had um like 55% gross margins and 30% of those margins were were paid to apple and google so they were just completely I thought taking advantage of, of, of our company, and our dominance to, to create this tax that has taken us, I'm no longer at the company, but there's still, uh, like, like this is still a fight, um, uh, that you read about every day in the news. Totally.
0: And so talk a little bit about. Do you see a version of the world soon where we have a web three version of Tinder, a web three version of Discord, basically a web three version of, of these? Um, you know, is it gonna be kind of skew Is it gonna look something radically different? Besides the idea that you can transpose your your data across platform, how do we, how should we think about, you know, in those different use cases, what, what Web3 uniquely enables?
1: Yeah, I get pitched the Tinder for dating uh or sorry, dating for crypto use case all the time and um, probably like the most unique area to explore there would be reputation and kind of like behavior more than ownership or or like anything financial. I think obviously Tinder um, has had its fair share of kind of like more public incidents where behavior is a huge topic and you want to create a safe um, environment for everybody to, to, to meet online in, in real life. So I think uh adding some layer of reputation it was really hard at tinder to do that because we had um so many people who would sign up for tinder dozens of times from obviously different email addresses like there was no single um way to verify any 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 form of identity that really um at least when i was there that, that we could rely upon so i think that's pretty interesting the the tough thing with all this is just like the products are still so hard to use and when you look at um I guess when you talk to um, people outside of, of crypto about these use cases, they just really don't seem to grok it very quickly. And most people join Tinder with a simple goal of meeting someone, um, either for a casual relationship or a serious relationship. Like it's it's a very like um, it's it's they're not thinking about these long term issues that the community has to deal with. It's more um, of the company trying to 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 grapple with that. So. I think all this comes down to like, how do we abstract away the crypto pieces to just create um, a different user experience that would not be possible in Web2. And those are the things that, that I think people are, like people try and map Web2, Web3 products to Web2 way too literally. Um, how many Web3 Twitter examples do we have to see to, to know that like people don't want a, a Web3 version of, of Twitter? Like Twitter has, um, has kind of won that format. And so um, we have to think more creatively around different utility or, or formats that crypto might enable. Um, the Discord example is interesting because everybody, like Web3 for being so decentralized as a, a community in terms of what what the ethos is like, we're still using Web2 products as the backbone of, of community building, whether it's Twitter or Discord. And Discord's a product that I think we all agree doesn't quite work for, for crypto yet um, because there's, um, and we can go into that, but I'm seeing a lot of attempts to do to do such so. as um, like, how do you c- convince the community manager, a community manager when they're creating their community is just trying to think like, how do I not completely screw up this, uh, this decision, because once you once you have a community, it's really hard to migrate. Um, and so, you know, I think they'll take a few kind of temple DAOs or crypto communities to, to move over to something new where that becomes like socially acceptable. I don't, I don't know if that's going to happen anytime soon, but I know there's a lot of talented people trying to build new discords. Anyway, if you close your eyes for a second, fast
2: forward, maybe it's five years, maybe it's 10 years. What do you think this looks like? like do you think people are um, uh, consciously saying, I'm now interacting with crypto or Web3 or something in that realm? Uh, or, oh, I need to go join this community? Or do you think it's almost similar to Web2 or just kind of integrated into Web1 and you? slowly morphed over time
1: i think it's more of the slow the slower example where you have this web 2.5 world that we live in and we have to be okay with and you have like progressive crypto nativity amongst users where you allow on-ramps that don't force crypto ideals onto anybody but you you give people that option to go further down the decentralization path if they choose to do so but Like one, one really simple example is dapper labs with NBA top shots on day one. They did not allow you to take self custody of your assets. You could pay with your credit card. And these were things that actually like offended people in crypto. Like I was in telegram chats where people, I would, I would bring up how this was like, these were like really important product decisions that I thought were incredibly smart and people would like flame me out of the chats. And it, it's not because I don't believe in decentralization. It's that I don't believe that most people care enough to enforce those those rules on users on day one. Um, I think the more people we can get into crypto through through different more mainstream applications, the, the better, and that people will choose to go go down that path if they if they kind of appreciate what crypto can do, but. These are things that are hard to say online. And if you say that you're like a Web 2.5 investor, you'll just, you just look like you're you're a no man's land. Um, but I think we have to become okay with this, especially as we're, we're still so early.
0: Yeah. Um, what do you think are going to be the first use cases that really get, you know, crypto or, or Web3 in orders of magnitude more people who are, who are not engaged today?
1: Yeah, I think um, the common kind of use case that everyone points to. I'd be curious what you all think is is gaming being there's 1.5 billion gamers in the world and within crypto, I think the top gaming networks still have like 100,000 to a million um, active users. And so it's not, we haven't quite found that that breakthrough moment within gaming. Beyond gaming, I think potentially it could be something that the government uh, provides or imposes that kind of force the entire population to Interact with crypto in some way. I'm not, I don't think that will happen anytime soon, but it, it feels like there either has to be, like, if you look at what people do online, mostly it's, 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 game, it's a combination of gaming, consuming media, and social. Um, and so I would think that gaming would be, would have a pretty good chance of doing so, but I truly don't think there's going to be like one bullet here. I just think this is going to be like, uh, something that, 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 that gradually happens over time. And, um, and we've seen some of that this year. That said, there's still only—if you look at OpenSea's data, there's still only uh, about 500,000 monthly active traders. And so, um, if you think about the the scale that we think we're we're living within with um, within NFTs or anything else, um, you know, I think MetaMask has 26 million monthly active wallets. Um, there's been 180 million wallets created to date, and so we're still really really early it's hard to to crack that i think being because the the transaction volume per user is just so so much greater than anything we've seen in up to i don't know if you know this chef i used to work at zynga uh for
2: many years back in the day so i definitely appreciate the gaming side i'm a huge believer that gaming is a great mechanism to bring people onto a new platform uh when i personally played Axiom 3.0 or Stepn or any of these broader reach games in Web3 though, the reaction that I've had as a player and consumer of these games has been, they're not really games. They feel a lot more like speculation driven apps that happen to have the front end of a pretend gaming platform, but it's really just people mashing buttons and then hoping that the NFT that they own or they want will go up in value. So my question for you is, do you think gaming still has a way to go before we even start to touch the beginning of it? And uh, the underlying question there is, how do we move away from this pure speculation model where people are only playing these games to speculate as opposed to playing them because they genuinely get enjoyment and fun and social interactivity out of it?
1: I think we have ways to go and maybe the games in crypto won't be AAA games in the near term. Like they will be products like Step In that. That gamify kind of everyday behaviors, but don't require the development time and and production levels that you'd expect in traditional gaming. I've seen a lot of casual gaming pitches um, that have player models or um, similar models. For me, those just aren't very inspiring. I think if you live through um, the early days of, of Zynga, you know, I think we all floppy birds good example. Uh, like those are those are really exciting moments in time and Um, they definitely capture public interest in a really profound way. But in in terms of being a venture investor and having more kind of like of a 10 year horizon, it's, it's hard to imagine those being sustainable gaming communities that that persevere and become large public companies. So yeah, for me, I, when I picture gaming, my first um, summer internship was, um, I was a bug tester at EA and um, uh there was like that's a tough yeah. role to be in. Oh, I, I was doing mobile bug testing before there were iPhones. So if you found a bug, you had to then play the, the game until you reach the same level and replicate the bug and then film it with another phone. It was the shittiest job you can imagine. But to now see I just the, want
2: to know what game you were you were testing. Oh my god. You must be either really good at it or terrible.
1: Oh, you get really good, but it it like desensitizes you to every aspect of gaming. I didn't last very long, but uh, just seeing like if you've worked at a gaming studio and granted, like I was literally as close to being an intern as you can imagine, the quality of production and the amount of capital and time required to make a great AAA game is so hard to under- to, to understand. It's it's these are huge campuses of the world's best storytellers and game creators who are trying to get and the, and their odds of creating a great game are like very like 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 movie studio level level uh percent hits like you'll have so many flops before you get a hit and so yeah it's hard to predict like what title this 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 will be but um i just know having worked very briefly and having a lot of friends who work in traditional gaming that um there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of on on the in this on the studio side. There's a lot of skepticism um, to overcome, and um, on the product side, there's I think within crypto we don't have a full appreciation for um, the level of talent required to create just a a, a really outstanding game.
0: Yeah, I, I want to do a, a thought experiment with, with you, which is let, let's say that we were looking at every. Big, you know, Web two consumer company. We mentioned, you know, Tinder, Discord, but even things like, you know, Airbnb and Uber and uh, Patreon and I don't know, all all types of, of of Web two consumer companies. And we were saying, okay, what would a Web three uh, native version look like that wasn't just a direct copy? Um, my question is what are sort of the the primitives that we would uh the what the unique web3 primitives that we would like go through to see like hey can something creative be done here and just to take a stab at it you know there's the the data angle which you, know, you transport your data there's the obviously the money or unlock liquidity or, or price discrimination um or you know do with the tokens and and also an nft angle there's the the governance um perspective in terms of you know expanded you know Making it easier to ex- expand governance rights and, and or, or experiment with governance rights, and what that enables, and then you know things like identity verification that you mentioned earlier in terms of reputation and Tinder. W- what else would you add or edit to sort of the the w- you know the Web three primitives that we would uh, look through every Web two company and say, hey, is there is there some unlock here because because of this primitive?
1: Yeah, I think you touch on um, so many things. The one I think people care most about um, are ownership and financial rewards. And so, uh, I tend to think that governance won't matter that much. Probably a small percentage of people really would care to participate in governance. Uh, probably the same people who actually like email customer support to report bugs. The ownership model, I think, is is where you start, and then you ask yourself. I think um, in a world where users own the network, um, like what incentives might change and what behavior might change. I've seen it. I've seen a ton of Web three for like Reddit for web three pitches. And that's really like, that's been a hard one. If like, we can just thought experiment there, um, where like the model is obviously rewards, um, the most engaged users, but, um, imagine a world where every conversation you have online, the background motivation and question is like, are they, is this, (laughs) is this user engaging because they want to earn money? Um, and it creates really awkward dynamics. It's like the difference between uh, I'm sure you, you've like been approached to like expert networks, right, um, where you get paid to do to a phone call with somebody. Um, like, how much does that change the conversation? Whereas, if you just like, because you're a kind like, uh, uh, I guess like human who gives back to the world, uh, agrees to do that same call. Um, whenever this, there's financial financial rewards at play, it just changes everything. So, I've been kind of um, curious, but also uh skeptical that we're gonna see like a, a a clone of reddit or of twitter um i think probably the discord use case will be solved at some point but i'd be curious uh, what what you all think but i think i think money changes um it's like more money more problems uh for product designers um if you have more money in your ecosystem um for any social product it probably creates a lot more um uh, product design problems for you?
2: Well, and the incentives totally change, right? Like, similar to the point earlier we made around speculation, suddenly the question goes from hey, um, you know, I want to actually contribute interesting or thoughtful things to how do I maximize revenue, right? How do I make the most money on this? And if you look at the evolution, I think, of media and news, why did we shift to this world of these clickbait headlines? Well, suddenly people realize that. Every additional click I got to my BuzzFeed article delivered me as the author an extra dollar or X cents or some small amount of money. And the quality that we as consumers started to receive in terms of uh, media and content started to decrease because of that. So I guess one of the core questions is how do we maintain that high quality bar and the desire to put out things that might not deliver the highest ROI? Or how do we change the incentive so that the higher quality does get you a higher ROI? Do you have any thoughts around that or how, how do we solve that
1: yeah I think um, I think it's a great question I'd have to like really um, like think about the actual network design more but um, I think at a um, like a base level having those rewards be um, less automated and more curated by the community so it's not an algorithm that people are trying to um, game which I think we've seen in play to earn like these have just become like like really um, unemotional users who are there strictly to earn yield and as a result you have a um a non-sustainable ecosystem um and so i think you still have to start with um with the core user and ask yourself like how do you encourage them to contribute to the community in a way that doesn't take advantage of the financial aspects that um might be exciting
0: yeah that, that 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 makes a lot of sense the um i'm curious how you've you, you mentioned earlier that the governance isn't going to um, be as important, perhaps. I'm, I'm curious where your head at is in terms of uh, DAOs at, at, at the moment, um, in terms of wh- what you're seeing, what you know, what we're learning about about that experiment, wh- where we expect that to go. What's your perspective on it at the moment? I
1: haven't articulated this, but I think like, probably my best answer is we've, like, we're, we've put too much pressure on DAOs to become um, like the replacement for every every organization in the world. Um, and DAOs, like my favorite DAOs and the DAOs that I think are doing the best, are more playful and and like less uh, driven by by the prospect of like raising capital from vent- venture capitalists. Like they're, they're just like fun experiments. Um, DAOs right now, I think have a lot of challenges around, um, some around coordination, just like actual like, how do you coordinate? A group of core contributors who um, i'm on ens matter governance um and i work with many different daos but, but like like a real like simple human challenge is how do you get people in five different time zones across the world on a phone call to make um decisions that can't be voted on um on snapshot um, which happens often like there's there's just hard human coordination challenges and then i think in terms of voting a lot of DAO participation on voting is is less than 1% was the, the number i saw recently and so you you have and obviously you can solve some of that through delegation but you know most of the community we all have really busy lives and people often just want to like show up and have fun um and within a DAO i think we're putting a lot of pressure on people to be end users plus uh uh like politicians of the protocols and um often like making decisions relative to um to to, to 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 kind of building your treasury, or um, like we're asking people to do, to be um, full time contributors in many cases to so things that are just like fun thought experiments. Um, and so I'm kind of hoping that like the Dao, the Dao, uh, there was this thought that like DAOs were going to be the the new NFT kind of like breakout hit in 2022. And I'd be like really happy if it just kind of like cooled down and people went back to having fun. And uh, so that's and there's the, obviously like we see a ton of DAO tooling in Web3 and crypto. Um, I think that space has just become, obviously will be very valuable, but has probably been overbuilt in the near term, um, relative to where the ecosystem is. So it, I, I kind of think a lot of the DAO tool, tooling companies, like maybe they should be DAOs themselves and just go do like fun DAO experiments and then build the tools, um, kind of organically, but yeah. Yeah. That's interesting.
0: Where else are you um, excited to invest uh, at at the moment, or to the extent that you have requests for, you know, startups, or or where do you want people to build, or where where are you looking to to fund?
1: Yeah, I think we're we're really um, we are excited um, about Web three social and Lens Protocol is one example of of an ecosystem that we're excited about. So all of these ideas around kind of inverting uh, business models or community models for Web three use cases like we're we're really excited. We're spending a lot of time right now, um, just thinking more in terms of ecosystems as opposed to use cases. So like I've spent a ton of time in the uh, Starknet ecosystem, just getting to know that community, and so we're spending a lot of time in Starknet. We're excited about Layer Zero, Uh, but yeah, we're we're spending. um, I think at our core, like we're probably more we're seeing more as a consumer fund, so we want to help Web three social succeed. It's not entirely obvious to us how that might happen. And so it's, it's actually hard um, to do thought experiments like this because there's, there's so much that needs to, to happen before I think web three social takes off, but um, it is a pretty fun topic.
2: How, how do you think about, with these areas you're interested in investing in, how do the current crypto markets affect that, right? If we rewind uh, a few weeks, a few months, right? Prices were sky high, they've come down, corrected, uh, maybe they'll go down more. Maybe they'll take years to build back up. How does that affect how you think about investing? Both in terms of um, uh, are you investing as frequently and as fast, but then also valuations that you're seeing and valuations that we might have seen before, um, and how you think crypto valuations pair with Web two more traditional valuations.
1: Yeah, we haven't seen um, a big correction in valuations within seed stage crypto yet. Um, I'd imagine. It's- that will happen soon. We are seeing, uh, obviously, a big slowdown at the A um, and the and the B and beyond. So what, what we are seeing is we're seeing a lot of founders who go to market for a bigger seed raise, um, kind of come back with modified expectations, like two weeks later, which is just a tough, a tough kind of reality check. But something we're all we're all kind of thinking about right now, in terms of of kind of where what is helpful for us right now is we've spent a lot of time going back and looking at where later stage investors have spent time in previous bull and bear markets within crypto. Like what, what are later stage investors investing by vertical um, in the past? And a lot of that's been crypto financial services or trading and brokerages. Like we've seen um, a few categories, NFT, NFTs and gaming more recently. Um, but we're, we're trying to, um, because as a seed investor, you want to be, Really creative with how you invest, but you also have to be like part of your job is 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 being mindful of what people upstream will invest in because ultimately, like your companies need to invest more capital to to keep going. And so we're we're placing more of an emphasis on understanding like actual business models in crypto, which I think like 2021 like like we love good vibes, we love vibes. Like who doesn't like vibes? Uh, but there was just a, like there was a lot of like vibes investing going on. And, um, I think what's happening now is like, people are having to like stop and really ask themselves, um, like what's sustainable, um, and like where, um, where does actually like business value accrue in these projects. So it's not all vibes and there's like some real company building happening too. Yeah,
0: totally. You're such a party pooper, Jeff.
1: <laughs> 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 I. I think uh, it's just, it's just like a moment in time, right? Where we've just, we've just seen this across the board. Like there was like this, this idea that at this huge stage, like don't, don't ask about business model because like, that's just like, that's just like, like, like an outdated way of investing or like, like, why are you asking that? Like, we'll just build the biggest network. And I think I worked on revenue teams for four, four or five years at Tinder and it's really helpful to know how you're going to make money like it's and when you start making money as a business it unlocks so many more things for the for the company that that are valuable um and so i don't know how we got to the point as it as a community um this is beyond crypto where like like trying to figure out your business model is a bad thing i actually think like that's a really fair question for a pre-seed founders like how like how do you plan to make money and if if like that's Maybe that's a filtering question for like who you want to work with and um it's not all about money because like obviously the, like we want to do do a lot more um in terms of building companies that that kind of like do interesting things in the world but at this moment in time like everyone needs to be able to answer that question um and if you can't answer that question like and people give you money, then you should ask them why are they giving you money if they didn't ask you how you're gonna make money it's just like uh it's just. <laughs> Uh, like um th- these are where corrections I think are really useful uh, and help kind of help reset um kind of the whole the whole ecosystem um and again I'm not talking about crypto I'm talking about tech in general like things uh things needed to to change
0: yeah well sh- share some of your expertise in terms of so a lot of you know what founders are often but not always of course younger or less experienced or haven't worked on a ton of other you know things that have made money before and and they say an answer like hey build, build the biggest network possible like how should they be thinking about it? Like how, uh, how should someone who's just been focused on on vibes or community be thinking about, okay, like what are the different options in terms of, you know, web three kind of native revenue models or what are networks that are more likely to capture value than not? Or like shed a little bit of light on,
1: on how founders should think about that. For sure. Um, you know, I think the beauty of crypto, if you are thinking about business models is it's actually like the most financially based ecosystem you could ever build in and this 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 applies to every vertical within crypto so you know i think if you're building a marketplace um it's pretty it's pretty straightforward whether it's um like pure just like 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 our nfts or or within gaming or anything else like that business model is so clear for the marketplace and the creator which i think is really interesting i mean if you you look at the amount of dollars that have flowed to creators whether it's in music or um, anything else, and it's it actually is way superior to, to Web two. So, and then it, you know, I think in terms of, of trading, like it's pretty obvious. You see what's happened within Uniswap; they've enabled swaps within the wallet on the web. As um, I think last year, they did over sixty million dollars in in revenue just on one one product they added really quickly. And so, we've also created this environment where digital assets are kind of the foundation of 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 crypto and so the the business model should be pretty easy to to build the i think the broader question is just like can the networks become big enough and but despite web3 being open and all the data being on chain and portable and, and this idea, the said idea that you can no longer win on kind of like owning the user there still appears to be really dominant marketplaces that are hard to unseat. And so I guess the question becomes like, can you we have dominant players, like OpenSea being one example, um, like how do you how, if you're building an NFT marketplace, like how would you go about uh, competing with 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 a big dominant player? Would you verticalize your marketplace? Would you build for another chain? And we've seen examples of this um, with wallets with obviously, um, Phantom becoming such a, a fast player within the Solana ecosystem. I think that that's probably less applicable now. But yeah, I think it goes back to the basics of of distribution, and monetization, like, like, for all that's changed, like, things are kind of in in some ways, like, very foundationally similar. And so um, um, within crypto, though, if you're a founder, it's, it's actually like, way, way easier to monetize than um, than web two, I'd say unless With the exception being, um, I think subscriptions, I still think subscriptions are just such a a great business model. I actually think subscriptions have similar community alignment minus the ownership where you have to keep building great products for people to to stay on your network.
0: That that makes a lot of sense. I want to zoom out and maybe gear towards closing with with where we began around um, building a, a crypto firm or Web3 firm. Because I'm sure there are lots of other you know firms and, and people out there who are saying, hey, do I do I go hybrid? Do I go all in? Um, you know, wh- what does that mean? And 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 you went all in. Talk about what are the the trade offs of of or the, the, you, know, you mentioned the pros are hey basically it's table stakes if you know people want to raise from crypto native firms um, unless you're already some mega player. And so, you know, it, it's table stakes in some ways to participate in terms of having the knowledge, the credibility, et cetera. What, what are the trade-offs? Are there now deals that you wish you could do that you can't do? And so do you have to structure your fund in a different way? Talk a little bit about that.
1: Yeah, I think the, um, the trade-offs are, A, fundraising is is like a much different audience. So I was at Capital Camp in Columbia, Missouri um, yesterday. I got back last night and I could tell you at Capital Camp, I was one of like maybe five or 10 people who work full-time in crypto. And you still have like an education curve when pitching LPs um, or when, you know, kind of trying to, to explain crypto to um, a non-crypto audience, which which I think is can be a challenge if you don't have a track record in, in the space. You know, beyond that, I think if you, if you're doing hybrid investing and you've built, I guess, like a great network outside of crypto, you are kind of saying um, in some ways, like like you're still friends with those people on a personal level, but you're kind of, Uh, moving into a different world where that those relationships are probably no longer as professionally valuable. And so you have to, um, you're basically saying goodbye to a lot of people who you probably used to work with. And I think you just have to, you know, you you have to live with one verticals ups and downs. And so within crypto entering a bear market, like um, if you enter a bear market with a new fund and your fund isn't doing well in that time period, like, maybe your fund is in a tough position to raise the next fund a lot of a lot of crypto funds time their fundraising really well where they time they fundraise in like q4 of 21 which is probably if you're a crypto fund like the single best time in the moment in the history of time to raise a crypto fund and so now it'll be interesting to see as lps a lot of them now have some crypto exposure like how do you break through as a newer fund to convince lps that you're worth hedging against those more kind of like mega fun, uh, franchise brands that, that they've, that they're doing to get exposure in, 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 in kind of a safer way. So there's, there's a lot of different trade-offs and I wouldn't, I also wouldn't say, I guess to clarify my statement, I think you can still invest in crypto if you're not a crypto only fund. It's just like, will you, will you be the lead investor in deals? Um, like the best deals probably harder. But I I wouldn't discourage people who aren't um, full-time crypto from participating and don't one thing I haven't loved about crypto in the past is like this feeling that we should want more people investors and users to come to crypto and so um, if anybody wants to um, explore crypto like I think like everybody should be spending time some amount of time here because it's interesting and um, even if you don't agree with with uh, crypto being like the end-all future of, of the internet, um, it's big enough at this point that you should kind of like become smarter about what's going on here.
0: Yeah. yeah that, that's a good way of putting it. And then and lastly, and this is not specific to, to, to web three, but uh, necessarily, you know, but it's a question a lot of firms think about, um, especially people who start out as, as solo GPs is, is talk about when you made the decision of, Hey, it's not just going to be me anymore. I'm going to really grow this team out. And the way that you were doing it, you're you're kind of going, you know, all out. <laughs> you know, build it, building a, uh, you know, a whole platform team, etc. Et you know, that not all funds your size ha- have. Talk talk about that that evolution from one side of the spectrum to, to the other side.
1: Yeah, I think this solo GP path is really obviously like it was a huge um, topic in starting in 2019. I'd say the path for a GP is very different for a lot of reasons. I guess one, um, probably what I felt the most was just, I was really feeling like I was spread very thin as a, not only as an investor, but just as like a, a person. Like I'd, I kind of got to the end of the fun when I was like, holy shit, if I did that again, like I literally think I'd no longer ever have any personal relationships because it's just the amount of work is, mind boggling. You still, as a building team is a lot of work, but if you are sick one day for some reason, or you take a vacation, like you don't have like the foreclosed, uh, sale on your, on your storefront, like you have people doing things. The, I think probably the more interesting thing is just, um, within venture, we're seeing the number of funds in the competition increase so much where to truly compete as a solo GP in a long-term sustainable way. I, I think there are probably like 10 people in the world who can do that very well. And so I think we got to the point where raising a fund has become so much easier in terms of back office that everybody with any reputation who had access to capital raise a fund, but the day-to-day work of like raising the fund should be the easiest part and investing in supporting companies should be the actual hard work. And I kind of think that the Um, a lot of solar GPs will probably get to the end of fun one and realize that what they're doing with their time, isn't the best use of their time. And probably more exciting would be either merging with another solo GP, which we've seen, we've seen really good examples of that or, um, potentially building a team. And for me, I kind of was a solo GP by necessity and not by choice where I raised fun one when I was at Tinder, like literally, uh, like like nights and weekends not even thinking twice about what what the implications would be and as i saw how just like the level of work you need to to put in to really compete and be a top tier partner to, to to founders um it's you can't do that as a solo gp and unless unless you really just figure out how to um how to have like this ghost back office that helps you with every aspect of of kind of Supporting those companies. So, and then I think the opportunity to build a fund right now is so interesting because, as you mentioned, like you can kind of build them like startups and you don't have to build like all the models of building a fund in the past. um, You can question and you can build the exact fund that you want to build, whether it's personalities or expertise or focus. And that to me was just really exciting. I didn't see, we haven't seen a ton of innovation in venture, um, but it kind of feels like now especially within crypto people are really accepting towards different um structures and different i guess like different ideas of how to build a venture fund
0: now, that's a, a great note to, to to wrap on jeff for people who who want to go deeper on 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 your uh work and chapter one um where, where can you point them
1: yeah uh, chapter one.com spelled uh as it sounds and then um i'm jmj on twitter and love this podcast. It's seriously one of my favorite podcasts to listen to and really just appreciate having the chance to to be on here. So thank you.
0: Yeah. Thanks. Thanks so much, Jeff. This has been a great episode. If you're an early stage entrepreneur, we'd love to hear from you. Check us out at villageglobal.vc.